everybody get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but Foodie married Beast anyway, and together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis, your favorite anti-Nazi radio show. Let's hear it for that. Yay! Yay. So we got a great show today that has actually nothing to do with Nazis. Uh, (laughs) Maria Booker's in with us. She's with the Capital Area Food Bank. They serve across a year... Uh, almost 550,000 people, they give them food and they they help them with chronic health issues and all of that. And the lovely thing is that Restaurant Week starts tomorrow. Woo! And- and what's, what happens there is a lot of the restaurants participating are going to be donating a share of their proceeds to the Capital Area Food Bank. We're going to hear all about that. And annual rum day. Hello, annual rum day. Woo, come on. It's Wednesday uh, the 16th, but we are starting now in studio. Back in studio with us is rum day co-founders, uh, Clyde Davis and John Peterson. And Clyde likes to come in every year and make me feel bad about not working out. Right, I know, because he always looks amazing. I hate you. But he's got a whole slew of new rums this year, so we're going to find out <laughs> all, right, all so about it. So then I like it. you again, because okay. you got the rums. Go ahead. All right, so what do you call the Ukrainian chef who heads a kitchen at one of D.C.'s premier Southeast Asian restaurants. I don't know. What do you call? You I call don't him know. Sasha Felixson. <laughs> okay. uh, Chef Sasha's here. He honed his skills with the likes of uh, Eric Zebold and Jose Andres. Name dropper, uh, name dropper, well, name dropper. I'm just dropper. saying. He's now the executive chef at Doi Moy. He was a Ramy finalist this year for Rising Culinary Star. Yay! I said Rising, and he stood up Yay! straighter. That's nice. So he's in to talk about. Um, some special new sandwiches and other things that he's got going on and that everybody's imitating in. already, right? Okay, so every year there is mass hysteria when the date for din, Diner. Din, Diner en Blanc, my French is not good, uh, mm-hmm. is announced. And everybody all around the D.C. area wants to know how they can get tickets. Every year I get emails from where people. It is. Well, yeah. you, you don't find out where it is. Well, I'm until saying the end. everybody wants to know. And they well, don't... I know, but everybody wants to know how they can get on the list. And lucky us, today we're going to find out how, uh, because this year's event is coming up, and it's hosted by the Area Davis Group, and we have Linda Davis along with. No, no, we no? have Briar and Caitlin. Oh, Briar and Caitlin. Linda's Sorry, sorry, Linda's not here. Why not? Where's Linda? Anyway, so we're going to find She's out asleep, all probably. about it in just a little bit. <laughs> all right. And uh, award-winning mixologist and psalm Chantal Tseng is here. She's the recipient of Eater's Bartender of the Year Award. She, I mean, she's, I don't know how you have time to sleep because you're, you're studying booze and wine and all of that. But she's got a really interesting gig going. It's called Literary Cocktails. Uh, it's a series that she runs in the reading room of Petworth Citizen. Mm-hmm. And it's all about tying in highbrow literary talk, really, about uh, particular books with the cocktails that she uh, concocts. So we're going to hear from her, but first uh, we're going to get our... Is Mitch on the phone? Are you there, Mitch? I am indeed. It's good morning. Good morning. Mitch Berliner from Central Farm Markets. Uh, We were out at a market uh, yesterday, and it's high time for tomatoes and blueberries and blackberries and all that. What do you got at your market today? Ditto. Everything. Ditto? Ditto. That's what we got. Ditto. Ditto. We, We have so much stuff. We've got every kind of... We've got peaches, nectarines, whites, yellows, uh, something new that's very exciting. We have a farmer from the Eastern Shore 
that's growing all kinds of beans and today has fresh shelled black-eyed uh, beans. Ooh, beans. yum. So, uh, very unusual. They have a machine, a little machine, so they are growing that. And then as the season progresses, they'll have all different kinds of crowder, uh, limas, butter beans, all these things, and they're fresh shucks the night before. And that's we're so proud to have them here. We looked around for something like that for a long time. Well, so, Mitch, let um, me ask you, for people who don't know what to do with some of that produce, do you have recipes and are there people there who can sort of help with that? Yes, absolutely. So we have chef demos often, and we'll try to get something that people are unfamiliar with and cook with that. And then another resource you have is uh, me. Um, people can ask me or the farmer. And then, of course, they have something new. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, Google. Um, you just can go how to cook black eyed peas. You'll get five thousand recipes. Nice. And uh, I don't we, know if you heard about that. One Google. thing we there do. I want to make sure everybody knows where your markets are. You're at Mosaic. You're in Rockville, and you're at the Bethesda Elementary parking lot area there. But where in Mosaic yeah. exactly? That's the one that's kind of. We take right down the center street. It's closed every oh. Sunday from nine thirty to two thirty. District Avenue, right where the Target store, all the way down the yeah, block. Yeah, the main we drag. The main drag, right in the middle of Mosaic District. We have 55 uh, farmers, artisan food producers, live music. We've got we've got a great singer here today. We always line up wonderful local talent. Uh, so that's a lot of fun. And it, it's barbecue season here, baby. So uh, come on out and get some steaks and chickens and all kinds of stuff. All right, and, that's uh, a deal. Yeah. All right, so, it's, uh, so what's the uh, web address, Mitch? Okay, so there's our music today, Alice Young. So please, everybody, to learn more about Central Farm Markets, times, locations, go to Central Farm Markets. That's plural, centralfarmmarkets.com, and come on down and visit. All right, man, we'll talk to you next week. All right, you have a beautiful day. You too, take, take care. care. All right, Chantal, step up to the mic. Hi, let's, Chantal. Let's talk Thank to you. you. Okay, Chantal, let's get you right in front of the mic. You have to stand right in front of it. This there we go. Radio. Thank you. Okay. This is radio. Nobody can see you. They can only hear you. Now well, they can see you because we just put you on Facebook oh, Live. Right. So that's now true. they can see Chantal. I lied. So let's talk a little bit about you because you've got a pretty impressive resume. How did all this happen? Um, just, just You were born craving booze? Is that? <laughs> well, I'm like a leaf on the wind. You know, I follow the path that takes me. Took me to making cocktails. It's very Took philosophical. Me to... It's very philosophical. I read a lot. But so. you have been. <laughs> you you started years ago. And what, yeah. like, created your passion for it? Um, it's it's just, it's another creative outlet, really. It's mm -hmm. not something I could have put into words, but it's kind of where I'm at today, I guess. Okay. And so what brought you to Petworth Citizen? Connections. Uh, Paul Rupert, who owns the company, and um, working with him in the past on other projects, and he was doing something different in the reading room, mm -hmm. which is this fully functioning lending library in the back. And he had asked me if what I... kind of library? Lending library. Lending library. Yeah. Okay. You know, that's a yes. library that lends books. Yes, like, I get it. Like Isn't that what library, all libraries? But... Fair, fair point. Okay. It's a it's like a, a little lending library where all the books are donated and color coordinated, so it's sort of like a little reading rainbow on the shelves. Mm -hmm. And uh, people just come, grab books, leave books, and then we decided. Well, he was deciding to put a bar back there and asked me if I wanted to do a program. So I said, so yeah, with that's the, With cool. your literary cocktails, is is it a, a it's almost like a book club in a sense where you, you, you talk about a particular book and then you do cocktails that are themed to the book? Well, it's really a book club of one where I decide to do all the reading and then just make cocktails. 
That sounds easy. <laughs> That's my kind of book club. <laughs> I like it. You know, if you can do a Cliff Notes version, you can come in and just start drinking. That so would be for how me. Do you, so how do you get inspired by your books? Which do you pick? How do you choose? It's another sort of leaf on the wind kind of philosoph- philosophy, too, where um, some things like, oh, it's Hemingway's birthday, so I guess I'll read some Hemingway this weekend. Mm-hmm. Or <clears throat> I just read Hemingway. Now I'm really feeling beatnik. And so it kind of just I let them kind of fall into each other every week and change it up. Okay, Daddy-o. Cool. So now, what are we? What are we reading this week? <laughs> so <clears throat> I just came off of a weekend having read uh, three authors. I did sort of a a co- collaboration of Alan Chantel, Ginsberg. you're making us all feel really stupid right now. Oh. But... I don't feel stupid. I'm with you. <laughs> I can't even spell Hemingway. So. <laughs> well, because um, I was feeling kind of overwhelmed, I decided to go into poetry and you oh, know, like short plays. So a little Sam Shepard was a playwright that just passed away yeah. last week. So I figured I'd read some of his plays in honor. Um, in addition to some Dylan Thomas, who's been on my mind lately. I've been thinking about oh the moon. Oh, my God. And... I lost my mind reading Dylan Thomas in <laughs> high school. <Ugh. laughs> All right. Okay, so what's, what drink are you making first? The first drink I'm going to make is uh, a drink inspired by Howell, sort of this poem by Allen Ginsberg, which was his sort of shout-out to Walt Whitman's um, Song of Myself. Okay, cool. Well, while right. you get to making that, okay. we're going to start our first we're interview. We're going to talk to Maria Booker from the Capital Hi, Maria. Area Food Bank. Hi. How are you? Good, so, how are you? Um, restaurant Week starts tomorrow, Yes. and there are about 250 restaurants participating, but uh, about 40 or 50 are donating a share of proceeds to you guys. But why should they? Let's take it from the start with Capital Area Food Bank and what it is. Yeah, so I think the story starts with who we are. We were founded in 1980 to get food to communities who need it. And um, we've been doing that for 37 years. We're putting, a, you know, we're feeding over 540,000 people each year, and we're putting 45 million pounds into the community. And that's not really any different than how restaurants are communicating with their communities. You know, we do it for free. Restaurants bring beautiful food to well, them. Every well, are day. you preparing meals or are you providing spots to go in and get groceries? It's both. Well, we're providing meal components mm-hmm. and we're also providing these really cool pop-up markets. Be it and I've been market. to your facility. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I just can't believe how massive yeah. it is. So what you guys are doing is, like, it just takes over so much. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like a football field. It's it's ginormous. Yeah. And the more that you go into it, like, we've got the garden outside. I don't mm-hmm. know if you toured that. We've got the kitchen inside where we could cook. Mm-hmm. We've got just, like, the storage where we've got food that's All right, well, just so going on So who can come phase. shopping and who gets their meals delivered? How does that work? Yeah, absolutely. We've got partners. Those are our food pantries. So we've got 444 throughout the DMV. Um, those you are supply your, all of them? Like we do. every day? We do. Wow. We've got trucks del- going out. This is going to sound super like minutia, but how do you get deliveries? Because that seems to be yeah. one of the biggest problems with food access, especially in neighborhoods that need it the most, yep. um, whether it's it's farmers or, or uh, banks like yours, is distribution. So how do you do that? Uh, I'm not going to lie, it's tough. You mm-hmm. know, trucks are... We use trucks, and we've okay. got like tractor trailers rolling through D.C. and Virginia mm-hmm. and D.C. and Maryland every day, and um, that's basically what we're working with. But we mm-hmm. have really good routing software. Mm-hmm. We go to grocery stores. We'll go to farms. We'll pick up. And people we'll drop donate, off. right? So the yeah. grocery stores just donate. So are are you able to work with the grocery stores now? We had a a, a gentleman on years ago who did a movie called Dumpster Dive. Yeah, and it was all about he and his family lived a year off a diving on a 
into dumpsters well, outside dumpsters. You know, Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, like grocery <laughs> yeah. stores. And they were just throwing away food yeah. because the date said expiration or like an egg was broken. Like, yeah. are you working with them in that capacity? We do. We talk a lot about ugly foods and ugly produce. Mm -hmm. um, and we also talk about expiration dates a lot, whether it's best buy, use by, sell by, all really different time frames and so on arbitrary. a bottle. So, yeah, so arbitrary. But I mean... Good guidance. No one wants to get sick from the food they're eating. Obviously. But um, we do work with them. Sometimes if strawberries are going bad the next day, mm -hmm. we can work with a grocer. We can work with a farm, and we can pick them up and get them out through a market mm -hmm. that we're running the next day. So we're going to go to it. commercial in a couple of secs, but let's quickly talk, sort of start off with Restaurant Week, because Restaurant yeah. Week is yeah, run Yeah, how is this a partnership? How did this come together? It was a natural fit. Like I said, we're feeding people when they can't access food at grocery stores or at restaurants, and restaurants are bringing the that great food to people when they can. So we said, why not give people who can go that opportunity to connect to the community on a bigger level? Okay, so on that note, we're week. gonna take a commercial break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about more about this partnership and how you can be a part of it. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Maria Booker from the Capital Area Food Bank about the organization, of course, but also about their uh, partnership with the Restaurant Association of Metro Washington. So how does it work this year? What's happening? Yeah, so there's 250 restaurants who are par participating in Restaurant Week this year, which means mm -hmm. that you are going to be finding $22 lunch specials, $35 dinner specials, $22 brunch specials when you are out at restaurants throughout D.C. So are specific restaurants participating in this promotion? Okay, so how yeah. many restaurants are promoting? So we've got almost 40 who okay. have signed up to donate and give back um, during this restaurant week special. And, you right, can and we're not going to shame anybody, right? We're not <laughs> we going to shame. But I will say is you can go online to rwdmv.com mm -hmm. and everyone who is participating has a cute little Capital Area Food Bank logo next to okay. them. Okay, so it so means they're donating in some way, shape, or form. Does yeah. it mean just financially donating or they're donating food as well? They're donating financially. Okay. But it's really cool because they're engaging you while you're eating. So mm -hmm. if you buy, let's say, a bottle of wine at certain restaurants, mm -hmm. and I'll let you look online to find out who those are. Um, they're going to give us two dollars off that uh, from that bottle. Okay. Um, some people are going to donate back ten percent mm -hmm. of what they've raised um, or made throughout the entirety of Restaurant Week, regardless of menu items. Or That's not. amazing. Yeah. Some people are giving back a dollar for every restaurant menu item purchase. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different ways that they're engaging. That's terrific. What an incredible partnership. Yeah. Now, is the hope also to engage these restaurants um, in a way, not just financially, but do you look for like extra product from them? Do you work with yeah. them in that capacity? We do. We've, we have worked with restaurants like that. It's not as common um, mm -hmm. because restaurants are getting really great at um, repurposing and making cool new featured products on their menus on a daily basis. Well, food waste is such a big exactly. topic in the industry. So. And, you know, it hurts everyone when we waste food. So mm -hmm. they're good at, let's say we've got, you know, chicken that we've got to use, but, you know, only not the best cuts. So we can't feature it as a dinner item. It can go but we make sandwiches. Yeah. Right. Or sandwiches. <laughs> oh, Sasha. All right. Well, let's make sure everybody understands. Restaurant week is the 14th. It's it's all this coming week. Starts tomorrow. Um, lunches for restaurants participating are $22 for three yep. courses. Dinners are 35 bucks yep. for four courses. And, and brunch, brunch. Uh, Saturday, Saturday and, and Sunday, Sunday is $22. 22. Bucks. Mm -hmm. And the idea is for restaurant week is it's for give you a chance at a great price to go in and try restaurants you've been thinking about but haven't gone into or to go back to old favorites and really get a deal. 
Yes. And yeah. it's going to benefit the Capital Area Food Bank, so mm-hmm. it's a win-win. But I do want to say for those of you participating in Restaurant Week this year, and I do mean the diners, remember that uh, you still need to tip your server. Absolutely. And that it's very important to recognize that restaurants are getting really crowded for Restaurant Week because everybody wants to get in and try. So uh, be patient and be understanding and uh, be kind to those and in the also, industry. We take tips here, too. So. <laughs> yes. And right. honestly, also, please look up uh, Capital Area Food Bank. They do amazing, amazing work in the city, and you should find ways to either volunteer or contribute um, and be a part of their uh, fantastic goals. Okay, Maria, okay. thanks. thanks. All right, Maria. Chantal, we're back to you. I want to know. Like, it's one thing to say you were Eater's Bartender of the Year and you became a certified SOM and all that. I mean, it's what just it one thing. To it's do just that? one thing is to that say. Like, is that like getting a master's <laughs> degree or something? Um, No, no, of course not. Not at all. I mean, there's... She's like, I have a master's degree. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. Uh, it's... Uh, I'm, it's just, it's part of, like, the community. It's about part of everyone you, like, are in a in the amazing presence of so many talented people, and you're bouncing off of each other, and so different places and different publications. Are you intimidated so many... by John and, and Clyde here? Right I'm intimidated now? by everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an introvert at heart. All right, so let's talk about the first drink you made. Sure. So um, this one's, we call, I call it Howl, which is... I take the names of the works of fiction and literary fiction, and then I riff off of that. So Allen Ginsberg wrote Howell, this sort of epic, impassioned poem uh, back in the 50s. And I bring together sort of this like New Orleans take on um, using ingredients like the the Peychaud's bitters, Angus Sword bitters, a little bit of that absinthe. But I use moonshine, Belle Isle moonshine as a base. We love the Belle Isle guys. They've been in studio. They're awesome. Oh, really? Oh, good. I I love them on social media. They're great. Anytime you say moonshine, I think of, you know, hey, y'all, you know, in my little still in the back, way back in the woods. These guys were millennials. It was sort of caught me off guard. Moonshine's back, though, big, right? Yeah, yeah. It's sort of a legitimate kind of steak that's being made by a lot of really great producers. And, of course, they're fairly local. Um, I'm also sort of celebrating picking particular works based on the coming of the eclipse. And the moon is on my mind, and it's on everyone's mind, so... As much as I can, I love to incorporate themes in these cocktail essays using a little moonshine kind well, of. Everybody's got a, a little cup. Let's see if they anybody passes out. Sasha, okay. are you going to stay with us? All right. Okay, so right. while you're making your next cocktail, we're going to go to more cocktails. We're going to talk rum. So <clears throat> do you guys have it? Has it Gentlemen? occurred to you to use as your theme song, the old mamas and papas Monday, Monday, you know, rum day, rum day. Oh, my no? God. Um, we just couldn't get the license in worked out. Yeah, okay. Right? Okay. You are so smart, man. All right. So. Rum Day is Wednesday, officially, but it's really Rum Week. You're all over the city with different activities, and you just did a rum event in Baltimore, correct? Yes, we did our first uh, Rum Day Baltimore yesterday. Um, The theme this year is Rum This Block, so we're actually having block parties where we're going. Why not Rum DMC or something like that? Again, licensing, you know, Rick Rubin, Def Jams, a whole bunch. It's not not legal stuff. I'll take care of those guys for you. Don't worry. (laughs) Good job. We need that. so so today we're having rum this block in DC at mm-hmm. the Whitman Walker Clinic uh, block, which is on 14th Street. Oh, the Liz Lot, right? Yeah, the, yeah, the Liz Lot. Exactly. The we're place doing is it. Awesome. It's going to be a great event. We're going to have mixologists, bartenders from all across DC mm-hmm. serving great rum punches from our great sponsors. We have games. It's going to be, and it's a nice hot day. Games. So, what kind of games? I mean, it could be some water guns out there. Gin just, rummy. <laughs> just rummy. It's oh. rum. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and so what is the point of the celebration? Like, what kind of rums do you have there? And how are you? I mean, I know it's a party, mm-hmm. but you have a point. You want to educate people on rum. Yeah, because part of our, our mission is kind of, is, is not just kind of, but is to educate people on the diversity in rum. Most mm-hmm. people's experience with rum is kind of limited to a bad experiences a lot of people have had in college. Um, well, they're not a sponsor with a certain Are you captain. Saying where the rum tastes the same going down as it does coming up. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So disgusting. Exactly. Seriously? I mean, so people have a bad back experience, but rum is um, one of the most diverse spirits in in the world. Mm-hmm. And it come. And the great thing about rum, it can be made anywhere. There's no um, there's no reason specific. So one of the things that you're seeing in America lately is a lot of local rums being produced. And that's a thing that wasn't happening six years ago when we first started. Right. Well, I think the first time you guys came in, we had a uh, lion rum. Yes. And right. Lion. Yeah. By the St. Michael's. Yeah. Out in St. Michael's. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really, and honestly, what I think is really interesting is that there are so many different kinds of rum. Like it's so complex yeah, it, as it, a spirit. It's so complex as a spirit. And again, you know, what we like to show people is the, the diversity in it that mm-hmm. rums come from different islands, from different cities. Now you have rums that are made in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. You have rums made in New York City. Well, just, is molasses the base, still the base? It could be any um, uh, sugar base. So some of these are made with sugarcane juice. Some are made with uh, molasses. A lot of times we look at, you know, things that are from the sugarcane process. So also cassassa will be under Rum Day, D.C. as well. And that's made with sugarcane juice. So, but is that but that's a rum? Oh well, it's well, it's basically a, a celebration of sugarcane spirits. Okay. So like the Brazilians would not do not like you calling it rum, but right? Because that... that makes the um, caparinas. Yes, right? yes, the caparinas. Okay. caparinas. I know my pronunciation and all things is bad. Um, so what did you bring in today? Today we brought. Got to step in, up to the mic. Yeah, today we brought in uh, Baku, which is a Dominican rum. We also brought in Cruzan from Saint Croix. We brought in Papa's Pilar. Out of Florida, we brought in Brugal from Dominican Republic as well, and we also have Cotton and Reed. Those are some of our but major now, sponsors. But now, Boku is a new product. Um, they're they're hitting the market for the uh, DC Maryland area uh, okay. within the next couple of months, and so uh, they were excited to be a part of. And it. what what are we looking for? Like when I'm sorry, do you have a question? I do. But okay. Go ahead. <laughs> what are we looking for as Welcome far as? Like, what would you say the difference is? What are the complex differences between them? So what you're going to taste is you're actually going to taste some of the regional differences because they're made in different areas. Also, I mean, is it just the water or is it stuff it's, that it's they're It's a combination. It's, it's water, soil. Um, mm-hmm. It's also how they distill their sugarcane juice. Mm-hmm. So um, and also how long they age their product. So this first one with the Baku is it's uh, 12 years. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to pass that around. Okay, great. All right, well, let, let me ask this question while you're talks. doing that. Do, are people experimenting too? Are they mixing in, you know, essence of blackberry or whatever to to flavor some of these? I mean, rums? people are now, right now, people are doing all kinds of things to kind of. Are they bad things or good things or in the middle? Uh, it it depends on your palate. Like, no, there's some purists who who are say they they don't want things to be altered at all, or other people this like. Smells like chocolate and vanilla. Yeah, so that's the Baku Twelve that you're sipping now. And the interesting thing about uh, Baku, it's a, a farm-to-glass distiller. So they're making the sugarcane. I want the... that. I want to do something with that phrase. Farm-to-glass. Farm glass. That is fabulous. Oh, I love well. it. Oh, Clyde. Every I guess year, all the legal stuff you again. You school us. <laughs> <laughs> this, but it, I, I'm, I'm tasting coffee. I mean, this is... I mean, is it... Is it's the, like a sipping rum. Yes, this you is a 12-year-old. You don't want to put old. anything with this, right? Yeah, I, Typically, people with the older rums, they want to sip it. But I tell people, drink the rum the way you want to drink it. 
If, You're like, just drink it. Yeah, hey, listen. <laughs> buy it and drink buy it. Buy it and drink it and enjoy <laughs> it. Buy it is more important than yeah. drink, right, of course. But, but also enjoy it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's a part about personal enjoyment and the, getting the satisfaction of doing something your way. Well, for people that, that just sort of their, their default drink is mm -hmm. a rum and coke, mm -hmm. which is like the most basic thing, as I mentioned my college years, what's, I mean... What you know? What's your suggestion for the best way to drink it aside from neat? Uh, well, me, I'm a, a fan of daiquiris. And we, when Chantal was talking about Hemingway earlier, and the Hemingway daiquiri is one of my favorite uh, cocktails of all time. So you can do a lot of different mojitos are great in the summer. It just depends on the actual mood. If we're outside, it's hot. You know, I may want a daiquiri or a mojito. If it's mm -hmm. you know a winter night, I may want to have you know a twelve year rum and you know, just sit by a fire type of thing. So it all depends on the situation. The thing We're is... to start spending more time together, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's about... Yeah, rum is about occasional, yeah? Um, <laughs> so, but you have more happenings this week. So what else can people... Other than today's party... So can you buy tickets at today's party? Yes. How does that work? Yes, you can. You can actually go to rumdaydc.com and buy tickets for the event today. The tickets are $30. It's all-inclusive. It includes... There's, you're actually going to have an opportunity to taste eight different rums, try eight different punches... Um, and those are pretty much There'll unlimited. Be some food there to there's also going to be food. Federalist Pig is providing the barbecue, and it's going to be awesome. So there's plenty They're of food. Awesome. Um, and as Clyde mentioned, there's there's games that are going to be there. We're also going to give away some cool swag. So come and check that out as well. There's some discount codes that are floating around um, that you can use until 1 p.m. That'll mm -hmm. knock off like 10, 15 percent. So those are if you go onto the Instagram Rum Day DC, you can find some of those as well. And then later this week. We're actually hosting, um, or we're right? going to help host, uh, a daiquiri competition at Hank's Cocktail Bar. Um, so look forward to that. There's going to be about six Is that to eight. Wednesday? Yep, that's Wednesday. It's going to be from seven to ten p.m. Okay, cool. And who's who's competing in that? So it's going to be a surprise. Oh, okay. It's just legal stuff again. It's, uh, okay. it's a surprise. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have any information. It's a surprise. It's a surprise. But what we can tell you is, we can tell you the rum brands. We can tell you that it's going to be Brugal. It's going to be Lions. It's going to be Bacardi. We're also going to have Cotton and Reed. We're going to have some St. James Love it. Uh, from Martinique. Um, Papa's Pilar. And we have cruising. a bottle of that at home. Yep. It's great. I know. So, All right. Are we tasting one more before we go to commercial yes, break? Yes. We're, are we're actually going to pass around some cotton and reed because they're okay, local. Fabulous. we got to show some local love. All right? All right. Know. Cotton and reed sounds like a clothing store to me. Cotton <laughs> and reed has been in the studio. All right. While we're doing that, we're going to take a quick break. This is David and Nikki Nellis. If you haven't gotten your Rum Day tickets, now is your moment. Rum Day DC. Check them out. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. Before we get to our next guest, I want to remind everybody to go to the uh, market at River Falls in Potomac. They've got Nora Puyon's uh, 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 unbelievable uh, blue salmon. They get it in uh, fresh three times a week. And it's Flown fabulous. in from Norway by, I don't know, birds or something. But they get it, <laughs> and it's delicious, and it's no, there are no chemicals, no nothing in it, but great salmon, so mm -hmm. go there. It's good. Okay. All right, so... Now we got a real friend of the family in studio. Sasha Felixson is the executive chef at Doi Moi, which is a southeastern, Southeast Asian restaurant, Thai, other stuff. But he's a Ukrainian. And so uh, we're going to find And he trained with Eric Zebold at City Zen and Jose Andres at Minibar. You've been around. Yeah, I've been around the block. If you I say got, that to uh... some people, they get mad. But you have been around the block. So how did you go from... 
Do you you want to use your Ukrainian accent or your your Yankee accent? Uh, no, the Yankee accent uh, is much more legible. How did all this uh, real? I mean, how'd you get here, man? And oh man, I a... I got really lucky. You know, we're uh, we're we're immigrants, we're religious refugees to this country. So, like so many people, and especially Lonsman, Lonsman in the industry, so many people were were lucky to be here, and we just want to take care of people and show people what we what we can do and how hard we love to work and and try to make DC a better food I mean, city. How did you end up an Asian chef? Oh, well, that's just, I mean, that just comes from my love of food. Honestly, like, I love all Well, you all worked with foods. Eric Zebold at City Zen, right? Eric has a, has a great little influence of, of Japan and many, mm-hmm. many Asian countries. Uh, I worked at another Asian concept in Boulder uh, back before I learned how to really, really cook. So I got lucky that I, I'm kind of like an all-over cook. I have a little bit of background in a lot of different things, master of nothing, but can do a little bit of everything. Well, so when you got to Doi Moi and you looked at that menu, I mean, it had such an incredible following to begin with. I mean, you you started at a very good place. Yeah. So how did you get in there and say, okay, this is what I want to tweak. This is what I want to do. This is how I want to make it my own. Uh, I think one of the biggest things that chefs are sort of forgetting about is like cooking like your mother cooks, you know, and Mm -hmm. for my mom. Southeast Asian food. Yeah, my mom cooks tons (laughs) of uh, definitely not Southeast Asian food. She cooks Ukrainian food, but uh, but she cooks it with the same passion and the same care. That's definitely not what she makes, but she makes it with the same idea that we make the food. You know, the food should have great flavor, great texture, and be supporting great agriculture and great local things that, that this all comes from your mother. DC. Look at her. We should have her on the show. Oh, Mama Felixson is is the greatest. She would, <laughs> should turn into this. Where She'd get her own show. Be the Mama Felixson. Yeah, they live up in Rockville, well, uh, where I on. where I grew up. Next time. All right. Next okay. Time. So how did you? So as you were playing with the menu. Uh, well, one of the first things I wanted to do is the sandwich shop. You know, I, f- I feel like our space is so beautiful. Right, so what are we inviting. calling the sandwich shop? It's called Bird's Eye Sandwich Shop, based on like the Bird's Eye, the Thai chili. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just wanted to differentiate between. My role on the uh, show is to taste all this. Food, uh, between so. doi moi and between Bird's Eye, since we don't do the uh, same food, but it's right, definitely like Vietnamese and uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Thai and all sort of Southeast Asian so is it and Asian banh mi inspired. Esque? They're banh mi esque. You know, the idea of the salad sandwich using the meat as a garnish for all the uh, right. the salad Here ingredients. Lots Everybody, of pickles, please dig in. Lots of yeah. fresh the food's herbs. Not eat you know, always a fatty element in this case. Instead <laughs> of you. using pate, we use the mayonnaise, yummy. the Kewpie mayonnaise from Japan, which is obviously the greatest mayonnaise of all time. Hashtag Kewpie mayonnaise. <laughs> uh, and then we get, get great bread. I wish we, we could make our own bread, but we just don't have the space, the oven space for it. So we source really amazing bread from Landover, Maryland, from uh, Gold Crust Bakery, uh, and they make our bread specifically for us. And it's and it's it's phenomenal. So and when it holds is it? Up. Is it, holds it every up day? Super well. It's on uh, Fridays. It's on the weekend. Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Uh, from eleven to three, this so we do the so uh, the weekend thing. We want people that there's there's some brunches on Fourteenth Street, but we want people to have the sandwich option. Mm-hmm. You know, Taylor Gourmet is a, is a good sandwich, but we want people to have a a sandwich that comes from a local area, a sandwich that supports local bread making and local people that mm-hmm. make great things like all the so immigrants that work the, in Doymoy. How often does the menu change? As often as as. I want and, and possible. Let's Definitely just say this seasonally. Sandwich is delicious and it has a kick. <laughs> Thank kick. you very it's much. Delicious. The chicken's got a little uh, chili honey on it. They're all balanced. You know, for me, right. one of the things that I wanted to do with the uh, doi moi at night and with the sandwich shop during the daytime is find that balance of the way that DC wants their spicy food and the way that uh, all the the authentic food is made. You know, we don't make authentic food. We make DC food inspired so when you're by up beautiful food. Professionally, as a chef, is the urge to what am I trying? At first, to sort of be like you know the Michelangelo of chefs and create this wild stuff, and then once you sort of hit your stride, to go back and see how you can make something as sort of basic as a sandwich, 
just as good. No, I completely, I completely disagree. I'm I think not, that sandwiches. I didn't make a case. I, I think that question. sandwiches are made by Michelangelo too, and Donatello and Raphael. You know, uh, I think that he uh, knows the Renaissance. <laughs> I'm a very well Renaissance man. No, uh, I think that sandwiches, crafting a sandwich is exactly like crafting a, a perfect fine dining dish. You know, you have to think about the bite, and you have to think about the way that it's going to be perceived by your mouth, and the way that it. The setup of a sandwich is one of the most important things. I'm sure everyone has had a sandwich that slips out the back here's another I am, question Look i am at you. You're, i am fat you're real thin i am fat no, i have I a bet. i have a radio gut <laughs> that's all right no but so, i agree with what you're saying because i think some people just don't recognize like a sandwich and how good it can be and it's it does need to have like the bread needs to be the right texture and the protein needs to be correct if you use protein and having the crunch from a a vegetable and is it pickled and then the mayo or the spice and the mustard. And you said something earlier about spice because I do think, you know, there has been a big change in the American palate, especially maybe in D.C., for that kick in food, for that spice level. But there's a difference between just making something spicy so it burns your mouth and adding the complexity of flavors exactly. to the dish. Exactly. And, and that's balancing. something you're right, and balance. Yeah. And that's something you're trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. I think that a restaurant like Little Cero, for example, like they get to use a little bit more spice because they have a tasting menu and they get to build it and they get to start you and off at a certain specific. point. And they're being very, very specific and deliberate and that's amazing. For an a la carte restaurant like Doi Moy, you know, everybody asks how spicy is it? And the answer is it totally differentiates. Everyone's palate is completely different. It's just that's like walking into a restaurant and saying, how salty is this restaurant? Like, right. No one says that because you expect it to be seasoned, but you mm-hmm. expect it to not be salty. That's right. the way that we think of spice. Spice is an element of flavor. It needs to be balanced with sweetness and sourness and bitterness and mm-hmm. herb usage the same way as spice usage, you know? So I want to talk about two things. Let, you do a dish um, on the doi moi menu that is like a deep fried fish. Oh, yeah. The angry fish. Yeah, right? the angry fish. What is that? Well, the uh, the it's fried like fish. It's very Instagramable. The fried fish is one of the most uh, traditional dishes that we do, and it's one of the staples of doi moi. If you right? deep fry them when they're alive, I can see why they get angry. <laughs> it's it's called it's nicknamed the angry fish because of the sauce. It's a, a well known Thai sauce called kapow sauce. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, if if a Thai person who grew up eating Thai chilies, like uh, Mama Sang always says, uh, twenty Thai chilies per papaya salad, if you eat that level of spice, you have a totally different perception of how spicy that sauce. Mm -hmm. It definitely has kick. It definitely has spice. But at the same time, my Ukrainian palate and my parents' Ukrainian palate and all the other palates in D.C. should be able to and can enjoy. It's one of the most beloved dishes in D.C. That's a dish that will never leave the menu, the fried beans. Well, it's fabulous. I mean, it is a whole fish. It is fried. Yeah. And you just sort of pick... Yeah, and the meat off. And one of the things that we've been doing lately on our little secret uh, secret menu, which is one of my favorite things. Wait, that we have a secret menu. Have totally How forgotten about you. About have to, okay. You have to ask about it. It's something that goes on just when I'm there. Dishes that I'm playing with, byproducts, crossovers, things that I'm I really want to test out and do, like salmon heads. You know, no one's serving. Not enough people are serving salmon heads. I hear about all these I restaurants think I've bringing had your in. Sam- I had it right. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, I'm pretty sure it. It's I like am. the head just yeah, comes to the table. Like, we call it our volcano. It looks like a giant volcano. It's sticking up on the plate. Call it decapitated. <laughs> You're hired for marketing. I'm really good at that. Wait a minute, I've got somebody else here who's going to be mad about right, that. Yeah. Don't, don't she worry. can steal it. We share. She uh, can totally but, steal it. 
But it's an amazing dish done in that same vein, but again, done in a DC style with with more sustainable and beautiful Verlasso salmon as our, our star product and just doused in all these sauces and, and making people eat with their hands, which is another thing that I feel like restaurants don't don't think about. Everyone's all I think about we're the all new eating with our hands next right plate now. Wear. But what about eating with your hands? You you know, know, you I haven't asked a question in five minutes fine I'm busy food with your hands. Showing down here. Okay, just quickly, this is a rice cake? Yeah. So the uh, vegetarian sandwich that we do is a rice cake sandwich. Inspired by family meals all over the the city that we've made for for I mean, years in DC. I mean, it's delicious, but it's because like that starch carb, on starch thing. It's you know, carb, carb, carb. Yeah, starch, yeah. starch, 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 starch carb, on starch. Carb. And you think like when you hear that, you think like that's very rich. That's too much. But honestly, like no, that's that's what the vegetarians really, really crave and need. And they mm-hmm. always think about the fatty textures and the fatty stuff that goes in your mouth that really, really satiates you. You know, and mm-hmm. that's what we tried to nail with that with that sandwich. We have yeah. two more minutes. Let's talk about the soup, which is awesome. Oh too. man, it's one of my favorites. So that's a uh, mango and Thai chili soup. Uh, kind of made in the vein of gazpacho. There's a lot of thai, uh, tomatoes in there, uh, really local fresh tomatoes, a little bit of lime juice for acidity, just depending how acidic the too. tomatoes. Mm. Uh, cucumbers for some beautiful round richness, tons of herbs. Are you guys washing it down be... with rum? Uh, it goes great with rum. I think it a shot of goes... rum would be really good in this, actually. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and it's just one of our, our favorite things is, is cold soup on a on a really hot day. We have a beautiful patio at Doi Moy, so mm-hmm. thinking about that and during the sandwich up uh, as a crossover, the soup just really uh, sings, I think. It really just makes you want to eat more. Cool. All, All right. right. Tell everybody sure, they can yeah, find you. Where, how do they find you on the street and online? Mm-hmm. Uh, on the you can you can catch me on the streets. Not you. I'm all the over restaurant. the D.C. streets all the time. Uh, Doymoy's on 14th Street, on 14th and S, uh, 1800. On the corner. Uh, 14th Street. Uh, the sandwich shop is in the in the corner uh, where the, the bar is. We have a little separate entrance there. It's called Bird's Eye Sandwich Shop. You can find us on Instagram, online, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays for the sandwich shop. Every night, Doymoy for dinner. You can uh, find me there. When I'm there, ask about the secret menu. M-O-I. We are totally asking about the secret menu. Yeah, you're spelling challenged. Yeah, that's cool. All right, right. man. Thanks. Thank you guys so much for having me. All right, now we're going to talk about a different kind of dining. Ladies in white, s'il vous plaît. Yes. That was my only French. (laughs) la toilette. Dinay en Blanc is this annual event that happens really all over the world. It was invented by a Parisian. Uh, Everybody dresses in white, top to bottom, and it's like a gourmet, I don't know, it's... And there's a lot of rules. You get a lot of rules when you're participating in it. So uh, Briar and Caitlin Davis uh, and their mom, Linda, run the event here in D.C. and a bunch of other cities. And we're going to let you guys explain Danae en Blanc. We've done it. We've done it. But But I don't know what the hell I was doing. (laughs) Well, you did it pretty well. Um, so it's this crazy pop-up picnic dining event, and it started in France 30 years ago. And essentially, it's BYO everything. BYO everything. everything. But it's very specific. So let's get into the specifics, because we have to take a commercial break in two minutes. Yeah. And then we'll we'll lay into the rest of it. So it's tables, chairs, plates, glasses, napkins. Decor. Yeah, flowers, everything. Do people mm-hmm. resist schlepping tables and Chairs and I mean, like a, a resist or resent, resist and resent. I don't know. <laughs> I think a little bit of both. Because when we went, we were guests of somebody, so we didn't have to bring anything but our tummies and dress in white. That is a nice ticket to have, mm-hmm. right? Um, I surprisingly, out of the forty five hundred people who will join us this year, mm-hmm. um, maybe only a couple will be very very vocal about schlepping all of their stuff. But and then, of course, you can say, nature. don't come. Yeah, don't come. It's optional. Right. Event. Yeah. So, okay. It's 30 minutes of total chaos. And then the second that you're there and, and everyone's dining, up, it's, it's just magical. I totally agree with you. Like, there's that, like, 
pre-event moment where everybody's like, where am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do with all my stuff? And then everybody sets up their table because you give them the sizes of the table, yep. the kind of chairs, yep. and there's no plastic. No, you no have to disposable. be china or, yeah. or plates and silver and glassware. cloth napkins, glassware, everything. And people do it up. Oh, yeah, they do, do it They do, yes. I know. It's... Um, what? Well, we're going to take a break. Are we want to talk do... about your sponsors, too, because these are not, you know, low-end sponsors at okay. this event. Okay. So we'll talk about the champagne and more. Okay. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Moody and the Beast. We're going to be dressed in white. We're not. But we'll be back <laughs> in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. Special thanks to our sponsors and the people that keep this show rolling. ProFish, the market at River Falls, Celebrity Cruises, and Central Farm Markets. Mm-hmm. And let's get back to talking about, depending on how you want to say it, Diné en Blanc, which is Francaise. Dinner in blank or dinner in white. <laughs> Diner. Diner in blank. Diner. Okay. So you guys, t- give us the 411. What happens there? Okay, so essentially, we announced the date in June, and like you said earlier in the show, it's mass hysteria. Facebook uh-huh. blows up. Everyone's like, oh, my God, how can I get a ticket? How can I get in? We've got over 30,000 people on this waiting list for tickets. But the first phase of registration is anyone who's gone in the past, people That's who went last year. <laughs> <laughs> anyone who, who went last year, they get this kind of priority reg- registration, and then they're able to sponsor a friend, which mm-hmm. is phase two, and then we open it up to the general waiting list, which is that crazy list of people who are just, you know, clamoring for any ounce of hope to get in. Um, we try to grow the event, depending on space, obviously, every year by a thousand people so that we can accommodate more and more. So this year we'll have 4,500 people um, all together. Registration opened on Wednesday and it sold out in like 15 minutes. What is the so, date of the dinner? It's Saturday, August 26th. Okay, we're not allowed to tell people where it is, but you know where it is. We know where it is. And and in a town like D.C. that just leaks like crazy, this might be one of the best-kept secrets. It is totally the best-kept secret. Donald Trump is going to get mad if it leaks. (laughs) All right, so then we show up. We have everything with us. How do we come with, like, what food are we supposed to bring? What's the deal with the champagne? I mean, you guys have added more components to it. Yeah, yes. you can bring your own picnic. You can you bring your own everything. You have to buy alcohol through our store, obviously, for liquor licensing purposes. Mm-hmm. But we have partnered this year with Mike Isabella, who is incredible, Amazing. and we're super excited we're about so that. We're so excited to be with him. And um, what does that mean, that you've partnered we, with him? He has curated uh, a number of picnic baskets from his restaurants around D.C. Mm-hmm. and uh, Northern Virginia. And we have really touched on a lot of different dietary needs. We have a traditional French picnic. Uh, we have an Italian picnic from Graffiato. We have our Mediterranean. We mm-hmm. have a Japanese noodle from Yona. And we also are offering. But where are a, we getting them? Do you get them there? You, yes. Order in advance so order and, and online, they're there on waiting for you? Yeah. Uh-huh. And then you pick them up at the site when you get there. Well, that makes things a little so bit like so one less thing to carry. Little convenient. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we were fortunate enough to do a couple tastings of this along this process. And mm-hmm. they are incredible. Like, he has done such a stellar job making these picnic baskets that you can just eat, you know, warm, cold, whatever, and just toss everything. And so it'll all be there waiting for you. And then what about the champagne? So we have um, sponsored with Champagne Jacquard this year. Mm -hmm. um, And we are doing, you know, rosé so hip and trendy this summer. So we've got a sparkling rosé. We've got their sparkling brut, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then so you buy all of this on the e-store ahead of time. Again, it's on site, chilled, waiting for you to pick it up. 
You can add on this cute little basket, these darling little glasses. They are darling. They Aren't are they darling. Yeah. So you That's can you can get that all there. Yeah. So, so you it pick really all that, up that there. changes things a little bit, right? Because you are bringing so much with you, it does sort of is lessen this, your. Has load. this always been the case that you could buy a meal and find it there, or? Yes. Yeah, but this is yeah. our first year with Mike Isabella. With Mike, yeah. yeah. And some cities are very basic, and they stick to that kind of organic Parisian feel, which is you bring your own everything. Like Philadelphia, it's BYOB. Mm-hmm. So they they have a catering spart- partner, but it's not you know mandatory, obviously. Okay. Um, so for us, we are offering this not only as a convenience for people to bring less, but also mm-hmm. because we have such great chefs in D.C., mm-hmm. why not partner with them? No, it makes all the sense in the world. And have these great, you know, dîner en blanc picnics for people to enjoy. Okay, so let's talk about some of the fun stuff that happens. Yeah. So there's the napkin waving thing, and then there's the sparklers. Yeah, the sparklers are awesome. But so to mark the beginning of dinner... About 6.45 or 7, everyone's on site. Their tables are set. They're f- setting up their decor. They're meeting all of their neighbors and we new have friends. jazz music playing in the background. Yeah. And everyone waves their napkins. And all these thousands of people at the same exact time are waving mm-hmm. these cloth napkins. And it's really cool. Can it be seen from outer space? Probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, that makes it really cool. All right. And then you have the sparklers. Yeah. And then 8 o'clock is the sparklers. And in unison... 4,500 people, light sparklers. I will say. It's a cool moment. For any like doubters or negative Nellies out there, it is really cool to see everybody all in white. And people, there are people who go like nuts. They wear like white wigs and white carnival outfits. Exactly. And then all of a sudden there are sparklers everywhere and it's just starting to get dark out. And all you see is white and sparklers. And it's, it's pretty fabulous. It is. And to so look at. DJ Sabil Chohan has been our DJ for a couple years, and mm-hmm. she's always started she's hot. that she 8 p.m. sparkler moment with that song Burn. And it's just that's when you know, like, the dance floor is open and the party has started. And then it gets a little crazy. It gets a little crazy. It's it gets a little crazy. But in a good way. Yeah. No, no, no. No yeah, judgment yeah. on the crazy part. Just that it does get a little crazy. No different than I'm sure Rum Day is going to get a little crazy today, too. Um, and then is there is there an after party? There is an after party. This year, our after party is going to be at Jack Rose Dining Saloon. (laughs) Yeah, the people still standing. Um, But, you know, because of noise, we have to end at 10. And so that's pretty early for a lot of young people on a Saturday night. Well, and I want to say, when we went to that event, people of all ages were there. Why would you say young people? That's ages. I know, you're right. I'm sorry. And honestly, the other thing that I thought was fascinating is how diverse it was. Like, if if you would have... If you just hear about the event, Listen, it does not sound like it's going to be all old, ages. young, black, white, plaid, Martian, green, yellow. Green, yellow you're, I mean, you're we totally had, right. The, the world there was Everybody cool. was there. Yeah. And I just thought, like, what an interesting cross-section of the D.C. What a great way for the area. city to get together. Yeah. Right? Like, awesome. and so, it's like really you said, there are some naysayers who think it's this pretentious thing and, you know, it costs a ton of money to go. But it is incredibly diverse. It is a community event. You're sitting next to... Strangers. You know, strangers, and they're your new best friends. Yeah, you're sharing wine. All right. Well, unfortunately, there's no point in giving you a website because tickets are all sold out, right? <laughs> right. That is true. All right. We well, are go but, to the wait list. but you can sign up for the wait list because yeah. you can possibly get on it for next right. year. All right. Thank guys, you, guys. Thanks so Thank much. You. Absolutely. Have a great event. Chantal, we're back to you. This drink is terrific. It's quite strong. Yes. It made me howl. <laughs> no, this yeah. is not the howler. That's the howler. Well, this one, may, that's not the howler. Which one's this one? That's, that's... that's the howl, and the one in the mason jar is the buried child. See? Whatever. You're wrong. <laughs> okay. I don't drink that much.
But it's got vegetables in it, so it's it healthy, does. right? Along the theme of farm to glass. Today. <laughs> That's a great one. Were you thinking maybe I should put some rum in this now? <laughs> Considering. So what's the future of uh, the whole literary circles thing? Can you export that to other places around the city and really make it a, like a franchise? I'm really not a franchise kind of a person, I think. She's like, I'm very happy. No, at... There goes that question. <laughs> yeah. Question is shot to hell. Okay. Well, yeah, what are we doing next? Tell us. Because we have one more? Oh, yeah. We have one co- one more cocktail after the one that you're having now. Okay. So what are you making next? Tell us. Well, um, the next one is going to be a hot drink inspired by Dylan Thomas's Do Not Go Gently Into That Good Night. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be on fire. That's my theme song. Okay. <laughs> And when so when people come and see you, do they have to sign up for this? How can you get in oh, no, on? No. How does it work? You just come up to the bar and you're doing it for the evening. Like how does it work? It's just uh, every weekend from seven to midnight in the reading room. It's it's just walk-in. So mm-hmm. it's just a small bar with a the bar has like six stools. I think there's 20 stools total in the entire room. It's just first come, first serve, like a regular cocktail bar. It's a really cool idea. It is. A, and so do you explain each drink to everybody who sits down? <laughs> um, if I have the time and people can ask. Otherwise, I have little tidbits. Sometimes I'll add um, passages on the back of the menus. Mm-hmm. And people are feel, feel free to like take the menus with them. Because once again, it changes every weekend. So it's like, right. anyway, next. And so do you, as you're reading books, are you like getting ideas like, are yeah. you thinking about the cocktails, like how this works together? Yes, my mind is warped, and so everything everything I read, I translate into liquor. Okay, <laughs> Just, that's awesome. <laughs> that is kind of warped. <laughs> Makes me like you even more. And so, but no, during the day, it is just a bookstore, right? Oh, actually, no, it, it's a li- lending it's a lending library. library, lending library there sorry. is a bookstore in the front because there is there's a bookstore yeah, in the front, right? It's separate though. It's a, it's like the Upshur Street Books. That's in the front of the street, next okay. right next to Petworth Citizen. And then you go through Petworth Citizen to the back to get to the small room, which is the lending library called the Reading Room. All right, will you okay. make sure you tell everybody again how to find this online, offline, all of that? Oh yeah, I mean easy website um, www.petworthcitizen.com. That was like twelve W's. You've been I, doing it I can't count anymore. <laughs> Um, okay, well, we want to, and just tell everybody where um, the reading room is. 829 Upshur Street, Northwest. <laughs> so it's Petworth. up by where Himitsu is. It's, it's right across the street Hanks from Himitsu. Cock- Hank's right. Cocktail Bar is mm-hmm. up there, right? It's, right it's right like this door. whole little Slim's Diner. Like, it's this whole little. It worries yeah, me that my wife knows where all these places are, <laughs> all the places to drink. Okay, Himitsu is a restaurant. Yes, I Okay, know, and I Hang's know, Cocktail Bar. Jamie Leeds was in here a couple of weeks ago, and oh, it great. upsets me that you don't know where these places are because we've been doing a radio show <laughs> you for almost nine years. Just tell me where to go, and I go there. Okay. All right. Anyway, so that's the show. It We're is done. the show. All right. So everything you heard on the show today, you can find um, uh, online. Our shows are all archived there. You can find information about everybody who was on today on Nikki's website, thelistareyouonit.com. Which is accessible, although my computer is not. <laughs> but we'll fix that. Uh, follow her on Twitter. Follow her on WTOP every Thursday at 1240. Mm-hmm. We've got a new podcast. Uh, search Foodie and the Beast up on iTunes. Okay, wrap it up. Well, I'm wrapping it up. I'm okay. promoting. All right. This is, we want to thank everybody for joining us in studio today. We had such delicious food and great drinks and good information. And you can hear it all online. Um, I can't tell you who's coming on next week because I can't access my computer. But I can tell you to please have a delicious week. Yeah.